Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. As I told you last week, I am supposed to be on vacation, but you know, when there's some shit that happens, I need to figure out what the fuck's going on. And so I actually have the black woman on the show today that Shannon talked about last week. You remember the one that was there for a week and figured out the bullshit shenanigans that were going on at Mirror? I mean, at um, the fuck is the name of the comp- company? Um, Matter. Matter. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... So I have Alea here and her, their pronouns are she, her. And I'm going to ask, start as always, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and then I'm going to ask you two questions. So introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. What's up, guys? My name is Alea Reed. I am a office manager turned entrepreneur. Shout out to COVID, low key. And I'm here oh, to- Oh, girl. COVID has, has, it's yeah. unfortunate how- that our community has been hit, but I keep telling black folks, if you can't make no money in COVID, I don't know what to, cause this white guilt is paying. <laughs> it is paying literally. I, it's the time to get hired. Cause everybody want to have a black face yep. now. Yep. It's the time to get money. Okay. They want to be, they want to be friends with black people. This, that, and the third. Okay. Open your fucking purse. I don't want to hear no apologies. I don't want to hear your bullshit. Open your purse and get on the front lines. That's what y'all could do. But yeah. All right. Well, okay. Well, let's, let's just jump the fuck in there. Okay. We always start, start the show with, um, with two questions. Why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? And then we'll get started on you telling your story. Okay, perfect. So why am I causing a scene? Um, it's pretty obvious. Um, racism in the workplace, specifically with black women. Um, out of all my years of working in corporate America, I'll just go out here and throw it out there. I'm 27 years old. I've been working in corporate America since I was 20 years old. And the amount of racism that I've experienced is bullshit. And the reason why it's important for me today to give my honest opinion and to really be a hundred percent transparent is so that number one, we could call these bullshit ass companies because you're not going to be hiding anymore. We're going to fucking drag you. And number two, this is also to validate other black women's experience because for the longest time I felt like I'm okay. Am I tripping? And I was like, no, fuck that. Y'all are fucking full of shit. You're racist as fuck. You're passive aggressive. Your microaggressions is going to fucking stop. And I'm putting you on blast today. And so I want to talk about, first of all, I no longer call them microaggressions. I call them what they are. And this is one of the things that I did get from Kendi's book. Um, This is abuse. This is not fucking microaggressions. There's nothing micro about this shit. This is ongoing, long-term abuse. Um, And yes, this shit has to stop. So I'm going to... you know what? Well, first of all, I, I stopped you when we were getting started because I, I wanted to let you know. But well, first of all, I'm, I'm really tired. And so I, yeah. my friend said, are you going to, um, because again, I'm on vacation. I'm supposed to be on vacation. I'm not supposed to be recording new episodes until <laughs> shit, August. And she's like, are you yeah. going to um, um, reschedule? I was like, oh no, this is a black woman. I'm not going to reschedule because they, when I talk to black women, y'all bring me life. So that was the one thing. And then you started saying you had to do research on me to make, to see, 
um, who I was. And when you recognized, knew that found out I was a black woman, you was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. I was on board. I was like, baby, look, listen, I was packing orders for like three this morning. And I was like, I can't, I'm not missing this. Like, this is a black woman. This is a black platform. We not missing this. Get your Red Bull. We had two Red Bulls. We're getting it done today. Okay. We're going to have a cute sleep after this, but we're getting it done right now. Period. There you go. Um, and I knew that from when you sent that um, email, when you confirmed, you was like, oh yeah, I'm ready to talk about this shit. So I'm going to be quiet. And I'm going to let okay. you tell your story and I'll interject or add stuff as we go. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, let's, let's, let's hear about matter from a black woman's perspective. Okay. So first thing, let's start off with the bullshit. Um, obviously I killed the interview. Um, it was supposed to be three days worth of interviews. They crammed it into one. Um, when I was offered the position, I accepted, of course. She, Victoria Williams, we're going to use names today. Victoria Stein Williams was the HR manager. At the time. Oh, sorry, sorry. I love this. She's like, yes. we're about to use names. That's what I say. Let's oh, call no, a we're, thing we're, a we're thing. We said. keep skirting around. We keep doing these whisper networks and these harmful ass people continue to be passed around to other organizations. Mm -hmm. People don't know. Let's call a thing a thing. So let's, okay, I'm, I'm here for this. Go ahead. Period. Like, especially Indeed and all these platforms, they don't want you to use names. Maybe we're using names today. So like I said, when I was at Matter, HR and the, and the recruiting manager, Victoria Williams-Stein, called me back, told me I had the position, called back again after I accepted, after I kicked three other offers, just to tell me that the role was a contract position, meaning the contract as in, I'm an independent contractor. Rule number one, you're supposed to mention that in the beginning of the of, of the entire interview process, but little Miss Thing clearly didn't know what the hell she was doing. So, oop, I went ahead and accepted anyways. So, first day, I meet Brett Hellman, who is the CEO of Matter. Okay, so I'm gonna stop you right there. So now this really helps me because you didn't come in as an employee, you came in and so in a week as an independent contractor, okay, there you go. I just want to put some context because I want, because my audience is white folks. So okay. I want to make sure we have, so we name all the shit so they can't say they didn't know. All right. Okay, Cause you perfect. know, white folks good at like, well, I didn't know. No, we're not, we're not playing that shit today. We're You're not going to know today. So pay attention. There you go. There you so, go. Brett Hellman off the bat, you know, I was raised that a handshake says a lot about a person. So I always have a, a strong handshake. This big ass 200 and maybe 75 pound white man gave me the weakest fucking handshake of my life. And it's embarrassing because it's like, you're a man, number one, and you have the weakest handshake. And like, there's a, you can tell, like, as a man, you know how to shake a hand when it's a woman versus a, versus a man. And it was just weak off the bat. And I just was like, okay, hmm. That kind of gave me a really weird feeling. Cause like I said, even in a business aspect, anyone can say this, a handshake says a lot about who you are and how you present yourself. So. Okay. Before you go on, I want to make sure, cause I want to yes. make sure that what you just said is it, uh, we put it in the right frame because right. we don't want to, I don't want to, um, anybody to think that we're being exclusionary or we're, right. we're, we're judging men mm -hmm. based on masculinity, femininity or whatever, right. uh, based on handshake. What I get that you're saying is, mm -hmm. um, let me put it this way. Yeah. As a black woman, I have been taught to a black professional woman. Mm -hmm. I have been taught to assimilate. That is my, I have been taught that to get into corporate America, I have to assimilate to this, this thing that we now know is white supremacy. Right. What I get now, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to cover your ass or anything else. Right. I just want to make sure we do it because I don't, um, cause there, I have a lot of 
trans and non-binary folks who follow me and I want to make sure we're not saying, we're not falling into the stereotypes, stereotypes of what masculinity and femininity is. Right. And, and what you're saying though is, as a CEO of an organization, when he, the handshake did not, did, did not present itself as this person in this role. It did not, and exactly, and you're, and thank you for calling me out on that, because this has nothing to do with gender or anything like that, and I apologize for wording it that way. It had to do with his energy. As a CEO, male or female, I expected that presence to be a whole lot stronger. It's like, are you excited that you have an office manager, or you do not give a fuck? Because clearly that handshake is like you could give two shits. There was zero eye connection. He acted like as if he barely wanted to shake my hand, like I had a disease or something. So that was the second thing that was completely off. So go into my first day, I, when I, I'm an office manager, I dress down. Like I dress, I mean, not dress down, but I dress to the T. I'm talking a two piece, uh, corporate suit, heels, uh, air mask bag. Like I'm not going to cap. Like I do it really big when I go to corporate America and, or even when I dress up period, that's just me. And this woman had me cleaning toilets on my first day, had me cleaning toilets and cleaning their oven on my first day in a damn power suit. Mind you, she did not mention these duties as an office manager. I've been an office manager for years. I have never in my life ever had to clean toilets or clean an oven as an office manager, ever. You have commercial janitorial services for that. When I asked Victoria, do you have janitorial commercial services? She said, no. I later found out that that was a lie. Okay, so as a contractor, (laughs) what was... I don't play devil's advocate because I, but I know there's some people in this audience that are like, that's what the did it. So I want to, I want to clear some shit up. Absolutely. What did you believe your role to be when you went through the interview process? Was cleaning a part of anything that you were told you were going to be doing? Absolutely not. I have my job description. I have the posting from LinkedIn. I have my communications with Victoria. Cleaning was not a part of my duties. My duties as an office manager was to maintain recruiting, order snacks and um and coordinate meetings between the VP between the VP and all of C suite. Those were my duties. Cleaning was not ever mentioned at all. So how did you find out about that there was a cleaning crew? So I obviously do the vendor management aspect for the for the company. And when I was going through the all the company contacts, I looked and saw NS janitorial. I pulled up a current contract and that's where that contract and that and that's where I found that there was a um Janitorial contract, a janitorial contract. And to confirm, Mm -hmm. I made sure I asked with other employees and they also confirmed that information as well. So (laughs) I'm pausing here because I'm kind of like, my my mind is like shot because you put somebody in a role who has access to information and you did not expect them to go look at that information. (laughs) I really think they thought I was like dumb as hell or some shit, but it's like, I'm very observant. But they interviewed Mm -hmm. you, but they interviewed Exactly. Okay. Okay. Keep going. So you cleaning toilets and and, and ovens. Cleaning toilets and ovens. And, you know, apparently there was some trash laying around, like some boxes. There were literally cardboard boxes neatly put up from a desk that had been taken down. She told, Victoria told me, hey, can you put a sign letting everybody know that it's going to be taken away because it's an eyesore? No problem. I literally typed up a sign that literally just said, trash will be removed Friday. Thank you. She pulls me into the fucking office to tell me this, this is aggressive. This doesn't seem nice. And I swear to you guys. Hold on. What did the sign say again? The sign, <laughs> the sign said, trash will be removed on Friday. Thank you. And I, in regular font, 
on a white piece of paper. Okay, so you don't need to go through all that because I already talked extensively on this show how much effort Black folks, have, particularly Black women, have to mm-hmm. go through to communicate with white people right? So, so that their feelings don't get fucking hurt. And so this... Okay, keep going. Just keep so going. <laughs> when the toilet thing happened, mind you, so the toilet had overflow, overflow one day. Someone took a shit and I had to clean it up. I had to go in the bathroom and clean oh! it up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, guys, I hope you didn't eat breakfast because that's just, that's the kicker. That's the kicker. There's more. So I was told. This, okay. okay. This is a week. That. You was only there a week. Only there a week. Cleaning toilets, cleaning ovens, and cleaning up shit. So when I saw that there was literal feces in the bathroom, I called a janitorial. I, cho- I called um, TaskRabbit to come and resolve the plumbing issue and et cetera, right? So they come in. There's a white guy that comes in. And I'm explaining to him, hey, you know, I'm going to need you to have gloves because there's feces in there. This white man, this white man said to me, why do they have the only black girl cleaning toilets? Mind you, the fact that I noticed this as well and I didn't say anything goes to show that somebody else saw that this was a fucking problem. Nobody else in this company has ever cleaned a fucking toilet. I asked everyone else, so what do you guys typically do? Well, we just let janitorial handle it. Oh, but I thought you guys didn't have janitorial services. It was just a whole bunch of lies being uncovered. And the fact that this man called that out, and he even apologized. He said, I'm sorry, on behalf of white people, this is not right. And I apologize that you have to go through that. And that meant a lot because it validated that this is bullshit. Why am I being fucking treated this way? I'm not a fucking slave. I'm not a housekeeper. Why am I cleaning up someone else's feces? Mm. Okay, good fucking God. Go ahead. Keep keep going. (laughs) And and so, uh, of course, like I told you about the whole sign thing, about the sign being aggressive, but I have to come back to that. So the last thing that made me reach out to my other sources for another role was that there was this man, I think his name was Mark. Because, yep, his name is Mark because he worked with um, Brett at a previous company. So Mark had his little fucking dog that he brings to work every day. And Victoria thought it was cute to tell me the dog left some dirt from his feet on the floor. Victoria comes up to me and says, hey, can you get that up? And I'm like, get what up? She takes her foot and, and, and points to the dirt on the ground and says this. Now... I don't understand. I don't think anybody understands how demeaning that was to me. She could have easily said, hey, it's pointed to it, this right here. But you're using your foot to point to something and telling me to clean it up after someone else's goddamn fucking dog. And on top of that, she pulls me aside again to tell me, hey, you know, Reese, which is the name of the dog, the dog is scrubbing his ass on the carpet. Could you scrub the carpet? Oh, fuck me. Okay, so I'm going to stop right here because I just want to interject. Matter is a feedback app app, people this this app Mm -hmm. companies are using to provide feedback to their employees as well as people are using it personally to gain feedback to help them um, improve professionally this is the culture of the people who companies are using a tool to evaluate other people with so i just want to put that in there because tech is not neutral people or is it apolitical? We need to stop acting as if the behavior of the people designing shit does not impact the shit they design. All right, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And I just need to, and I'm gonna be honest, so, I need to take a fucking break from what you feel hell you just said, but uh, go ahead. I know, I know. And when she told me that, all I could do was look at her. I hopped on my connects, set up something. So 
the day that she told me that the handwriting was aggressive, I completely and respectfully let her know, you know, this is very attacking language. And this is very triggering because you're, you, you're, you're saying that I'm aggressive when this is just literally words on a piece of paper. I need you to explain to me so I can understand how this is aggressive. Then all of a sudden she starts saying, hey, 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 listen, I just want to see you do better. I'm not, and it's just like, she started playing this like, oh, it's okay. Like you don't need to be defensive kind of thing. And it's like, no, you're sitting here telling me that this piece of paper is that I wrote is aggressive. She was upset because I didn't put happy faces on it. She made me rewrite the goddamn paper, the goddamn sign, and added a fucking smiley face on there. Are we adults or are we in fucking high school? Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag yeah, Smiley face on there. Are we adults or are we in fucking high school? So after I called her ass out on it, I already knew she did not like that because that next day I was terminated. And what was the reason? She said that it wasn't a good fit. And I asked her, so what can you explain? Elaborate what's not a good fit because I've done everything you asked me to do. I've gone above and beyond. I'm doing things that aren't in my job description. I'm scrubbing floors. I'm cleaning toilets. I'm cleaning up after dogs that aren't mine. She said it wasn't a culture fit. We don't think it's a culturally it's a fit. So yeah. to me, in my opinion, that whole culture fit shit is just saying, especially me being the only black person out of all these white people, you're telling me my black ass don't fit in your white ass corporation. That's what the fuck you are telling me. Because if you cannot specifically tell me what exactly was done that made you feel like I wasn't a culture fit, you're full of shit. Yeah, culture fit is the default for some yep, for bullshit. It's absolutely it's a default a, for it's a default. And the thing is, with all the people at Matter, especially with Brett, who is a sorry-ass excuse for a leader, and so is Matt, and so is Mark, you can't hold these motherfuckers accountable for shit. You can't point out things that they do wrong because they want to deflect, they, they get defensive. But again, this is a feedback company. So you have a, a leadership of a, you have a leadership of a company that's creating the feedback app that other companies are using to vet and feedback other people, and they cannot take feedback. There's something inherently, if you don't see the problem in that, then that's on y'all fucking asses. That's just You're you. You're part of the problem if you don't see yeah, that. Exactly. That's You're you refusing to see the fucking issue and see why we keep continue to create products and services fucking harms people, whether we intend it to or not. And what's even more fucked up too is that when I, when she couldn't give me a straight answer as to why I was terminated, she told me she will follow up in a few days to give me the feedback because she just kept mentioning, like, as if I didn't fucking know, hey, we're a feedback company and we really pride ourselves on feedback. Two days later, I followed up for that feedback, didn't get that feedback. Victoria, hi, if you're watching this, you blocked me. Yes, yeah, sweetie, you blocked me on Google. You blocked me from, from LinkedIn. You blocked me from text messaging after you told me that you would give me the feedback. You would give me exact feedback on why I did not fit with the company besides being a culture fit. That never happened. So is Victoria still at with the company? 
I was told that she was laid off, but I, you know, I don't know the validity of okay. that claim, but yeah. <sighs> okay. So I want to, I want to do this. Cause I, cause mm-hmm. when, when, when did this happen? Oh my God. This was last year, November, November, September. Okay. So, um, let's back up a bit because mm-hmm. you said you're 27, right? Yes. Okay, let me tell you something. So black people are not my target audience for any of my work, but I can mm-hmm. tell you that I have an affinity for black women your age because you are at the age, and this is what I, I tell folks. You are, first of all, that generation that was told, um, don't see color. You know, everybody's equal. Everybody's uh, equal. Yeah, yeah. you know, if you show up, everybody gets a prize. So you're that generation. Mm-hmm. And I said, it takes particularly my black women your age to get after between 25 and 30 mm-hmm. to start seeing who are now in, in, in their professional roles, who, you know, maybe just finishing school if they went and got an advanced degree or seeking that first promotion. And this is when you're first realizing, wait a minute, this shit, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute, something going on here. <laughs> This is some shit ain't nobody told me about. Um, Because I came in with uh, Becky and Chad, and they're advancing, but for some reason, I'm not. So, okay, wait a minute. What's going on here? And I helped Chad with that that project, but I didn't get credit for it. And and Becky came to me and asked my opinion about somebody. She just pitched the fucking idea that I get that we talked to. Okay, so wait, what the fuck is going on here? It's the first time y'all have that experience of whoa, this shit ain't fair at all. (laughs) At all. At all. And what sucks is that, you know, I tried to communicate this to my mom. Like, it's weird because my mom and dad, they don't understand the Black activists. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And they don't understand speaking up. You Mm -hmm. know, when I told her that, when I told my mother that, you know, I spoke up to her and told her, hey, don't use aggressive to describe words like if if there's no attacking language in this in this piece of paper mm-hmm. why are you using the terms aggressive to describe a piece of paper uh, some writing mm-hmm. and my mom was telling me you know you should have just be quiet and just be happy you have a job and if they just tell you to clean up just do it and I'm like mom you're missing the point nobody else is cleaning up after someone else's dog nobody else in this company has cleaned up someone else's shit Okay, so let me, let me, let me, because I know white folks are listening to this. So let me back this up. And this is why I say I don't. So my audience is white people. And and, and I haven't said this in a while. And I have a whole bunch of new followers. So let me make this clear. My, my audience is white people because I have great classroom management. And it's easy for me to set boundaries with white people. White people ain't used to having boundaries. They're not used to being told no and what the fuck they can't do and what the fuck they ain't gonna do with you. So it's easy to draw those boundaries with white people because I understand that I am educating the oppressor while also processing my own oppression. What I can, I do not have the bandwidth for is to process the oppression of other black people while I'm also processing my oppression. So what your parents are, are, is, is what my parents are, my aunts, this is a generation of, they believe that civil rights was going to get them somewhere, and if they 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 did what was what everybody else was doing, they would advance. So they have assimilated. 
I have no desire to assimilate. Um, and neither does this new generation of people have a desire to assimilate. And this is the first generation to have the technology and the community to openly express their desire never to assimilate. So I get where your mom's coming from because my aunt to this day keeps asking me about, you know, she keeps talking about benefits. I'm like, lady, come on. There's a whole bunch of people who had, were in these jobs that they hated for benefits and, and again, shit on right now. So that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking to change how industry happens. And I'm not, I can't do that with a job. I cannot change an industry if I'm in a job. Right. So I, this is what I want. And the reason I'm breaking this down is because I need white folks to understand this. Not only do we have to put up with your bullshit, but we have the bullshit in our community from people who love us, who want yeah. to protect us because all your mom, your mom was probably thinking that you speaking up got you fired or you speaking yeah. up is jeopardizing your job. No, it is the bullshit stuff that we have to deal with on a, 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 a on an everyday basis. And your mom, if 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 you broke it down, she would tell you. She would say she was not gaslighting you, but that's what the fuck it is. That's what it is. And it call a thing a thing. You're yep. gaslighting me because you're, you're enabling that behavior. Yes, you're justifying that. You're justifying yes. that behavior. Yes, and it's like I'm trying to explain to her: if you don't stand for something, you will fall for fucking anything. And that's what I refuse. I know my ancestors right now are like, absolutely, I couldn't do it, but you can do it. And, and that's, that's what this is. And, and and I and I don't shit on my I don't shit on people like your mom and my aunt and my yeah. mom and those people because they they did what they had to do. They put their heads down and got right. the work done so that we can say what the fuck we need to say right so I, I get that and so I in all honesty there's some conversation I just don't have with um certain people in my community because again it's processing my my own oppression their pr- oppression while uh, uh, processing my oppression and that just takes up a lot to die to, to take to talk to a black professional an older black um um and I don't even want to it's calling baby boomers because you know, then you get into okay, boomer. No, that's not it, right? Black people who have survived, and uh, this is the first generation of black professionals. Mm-hmm. These boomers were the first generation of black, uh, in mass of black professionals. Yeah. Before that, we weren't, we were housekeepers, we were all, I mean, it was rare to see us in any, prof- you know, any um, corporate America structure. So yeah. they had to assimilate to get to wherever they were. Mm-hmm. We're the next generation that's like, yeah, thank you for that. We're going to retire that and move on to something else. We need Absolutely. to be doing something. Else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to, I want to talk to you about, and, and just tell me how safely you feel about this. Cause I don't, if you don't want to talk about it, but I really want people to unpack. I want you to spend some time to talk about if, and if so, how that experience that week impacted your life outside of that, that week. Um, because I need people. Yeah. So I don't want to feed you. I just want you to answer. How did this experience impact your personal life? Um, it honestly made me second guess anybody that treated me like shit. That was anybody. It made me feel that, you know, everything that came out of my mouth was an attack to people. It made me feel that everything and anything that I did was going to be perceived as, as aggressive. Like I'm just some fucking animal. And it really made me paranoid when I went to my next job. I it, it, It's so fucking exhausting to have to 
um, micromanage essentially everything that you do for yourself from every fucking email that you send to you walking around the office as a black woman in an all white company. I don't get to fucking walk around the office without a smile on my face because someone is going to feel like, Oh, you, you're having a bad day or you're mad or you're angry. It really made me so paranoid of every, I could not, I could not live. I couldn't, I would go to work with so much fucking anxiety. I would be in work for eight hours a goddamn fucking day with anxiety. I would be in meetings with anxiety. It was just nonstop that it eventually led to me having a slight depression because I just felt like there was nothing I could do that was right. Nothing that I can do. Someone can say this exact same thing that I said and it's fine. But when I say it, it's like, you don't have to be hostile. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're just asking you a question. And it's like, I'm literally responding. And if anybody knows having to go through that every single day of your life, it's fucking draining. It's emotionally and physically and spiritually draining. And this is what I want. And um, thank you for sharing that because I need yeah. folks to understand. This is why I don't call them microaggressions. It's fucking abuse because it does not, it does not stay at that job. It does not stay in, even in that moment, it, it permeates all the decisions we make and they compound. And then you want to wonder, you wonder well, why black people so um, have such high uh, incidences of hypertension and uh, diabetes, and why are they uh, succumbing to to COVID? COVID, they must something's wrong with them. No, think about what it's like to be abused and on and 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 be have experienced anxiety all fucking day long. Nonstop, nonstop dreams about getting fired from jobs I've never had. Uh, um, just dreams about like, get, just it, it, it's, it's, I would not wish this on anybody. And it's just like, when I look at, you know, non-black people in the workplace, I just, I'm thinking like, oh, they get to do whatever they want. They don't ever have to worry about sending a wrong email or, you know, they don't have to worry about these kinds of fucking things and they really don't fucking get it. You get what I'm saying? They just, they truly don't. And so this is why I say fuck equality. It's not about equality. It's about equity. Because you think about you and Becky doing the same thing, same job, same right? Job. Mm-hmm. You walk in the door with a brick tied around your ankle that you got to lug around all damn day long for eight hours. Becky comes in with wings. She gets to fly all day long. That is not equality. I need equity. I need that 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 chain off my, that brick off my ankle. I need some wings. I need all the things that, all of that. All that. Because I, I, I just, I'm, and so I'm happy that you're on here because I, again, people understand, I don't know where these conversations are going when I start them, but I'm, I'm so happy to unpack how traumatizing it is for black folks to fucking show up to work every damn day. No one has should have to do. I want my, I want to get paid, go to work, get paid for the job that I, and go the yeah. fuck home. That's it. Like everybody else. I don't want to be traumatized all day, every day. It is, these are bad, awfully bad, abusive relationships. It is. And com- to be completely frank with you, um, knowing what I know now, I just wish that I wouldn't have signed se- Well, I didn't get severance with this last job, but there, this is not, this is the first of a thousand incidents that I've been through. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have signed severance. I would have fucking sued and I would have got the emotional counseling that I needed because what we are going through is fucking trauma. It's trauma, people. It transcends into our yeah. lives. It doesn't stop there. And that affects my health. It affects our health. It affects how we think. 
And that affects our relationships, our marriages, our relationships with our kids. It affects all of that shit because we are always on edge. And I feel like white people, I mean, I know you, you said your targeted audience is white people, but white people, if you're finding, I know you're finding value in this conversation, you should be suggesting to your black colleagues, asking, asking these questions and getting insight on their experiences and suggesting that they get therapy. This is not something that we shouldn't have to just wipe it off of our shoulders and keep it pushing. No, we're fucking human too. We should not have to process this on our own. Everybody should be encouraging black people who have experienced any level of racism in corporate America to be getting some kind of therapy. Because I tell you, I can tell you right now, if I would have done that, I wouldn't be the fucking way I am right now. You get what I'm saying? I wouldn't have such a disdain for corporate America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a bit because what I do not want is white folks to tell black people to go get counseling. Well, yeah, no, not like that, but like encourage. <laughs> Hold on, no, 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 no. I'm saying that not to right. you, but I'm saying it to my audience because that's some bullshit they will go do, <laughs> and that only makes it fucking worse. Yeah. My thing, like, so, th- so this is this is what I see. What you're talking about is an effect. My, I want to get it at the cause. I need white folks to manage their own fucking feelings. Y'all ass don't get fucking counseling and leave us the fuck alone. Okay, That's what that. I need y'all okay, to do. Don't manage my, don't, don't tell me to go get therapy. If you upset because I, because I put a goddamn sign on a, on a piece of a thing of garbage, then that's your fucking, that's a you fucking problem. That's not a me problem. And so that's why I wanted to correct, that's why I wanted to come back at okay. you because what you're doing is making that, their shit, your okay. shit. And so now you're trying to get counseling to deal with the shit that they, no, 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 no. I want them to deal with they shit and leave you the fuck alone so you can do the job that you was fucking hired for, for and that. that's I'm it. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Now you getting counseling, that's on you. But uh, but not to manage. I don't. I do. I do not want to suggest that black people get counseling to manage the bullshit that we have to do on the job. I need white folks to take care of their own shit to go get whatever counseling, manage your own fucking feelings, and leave us the fuck alone. That's what I want. Okay. And I'm, to- I'm totally here for that. My because thing- but because how, you, how you position it, I have this phrase, and I say, whiteness always gets to cast itself as the hero or victim and never the villain. I need these motherfuckers to understand that they're villains. Mm-hmm. By telling you to go get counseling, that makes them a hero and a victim. And no, 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 no. No white no, no, savior. No. no white savior. Absolutely not. Exactly. That's absolutely not what I want. Not at all. Exactly. And I know that's not what you wanted, but I have to be very clear with a white audience because they would take... They would take um, an A and turn it into a Q. And we ain't doing that shit here. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. I def- and I think, um, it, it, like you said, I need you guys to get y'all shit together. Like, there's so a lot of... I just need them to step, step the fuck up in corporate America. Like, y'all are part of the problem. Silence is violence. You think not saying yep. anything is okay? Or, no, you're or, or coming to... Coming to you after the meeting, be like, man, that was. I, I hate that that happened. To, I'm so sorry that happened. Be sorry, sorry you didn't say shit when it was happening. Don't come to my ass after the fact. Tell me some what you sorry. Some shit happened. Exactly. Don't try to be you sorry complicit. behind the doors. Be sorry yep. in the fucking moment. Call. Yeah, you complicit. Out. Yes. Yes. Shit. So I take it that you. Ha- so hmm. So you go. You you get fired. You get another job, and mm. yet you're still dealing with the shit that happened. And you were only there a week. A week, five days. Damn, mm-hmm. that's fucked up. And and here's the thing too. So at the pre the next job um, that I got literally two days after I got fired, there is this young man who would constantly say, this white man who was in accounting, you know, obviously being an office manager, I 
deal with finance. Hello, I work with the chief of operations, the chief of finance. I think I know what I'm talking about. And he would constantly in meetings say things like, oh, Alea, this is going to be hard for you. So if you mess it up, it's okay. Or if he didn't get something when he wanted it, it was like, oh, you must be behind. And he would say this in front of fucking everybody. No one said anything. And it was literally like PTSD. It was just like, damn, this just fucking happened at this last goddamn job. Now I have to deal with it again, which brings me to this thing, what I was saying earlier, COVID has been a blessing because I'm self-employed now. Yep. I am making my own, I have been able to pay my, all my bills to rent for my, my, my shop and my home because of this whole COVID situation. And I feel like I don't never have to look back at corporate America ever again. I don't have to put myself through that anymore. And it's sad, again, that I have this view on corporate America. You get what I'm saying? It sucks that I have to feel dread or even have extreme anxiety, even the thought of having to go back. You get what I'm saying? So I want to unpack that because um, I want to unpack this helpful because I'm Mm -hmm. sure he felt he was being helpful to you. I just want the best for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's unpack that a bit because... And the reason I'm doing this, white folks, is because y'all do this shit every day. And so since it's coming up, let's unpack this shit. So if I have not told you that I'm confused, don't fucking assume that I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And if I don't know what the hell you're talking about, just like your ass can use Google, I can do Google too. We're not fucking idiots. That's some condescending shit. Obviously, I know what I'm doing if I'm here sitting talking to you. you I'm not obviously not to you, but like... It's like, I obviously know what I'm doing if I'm here. If you really felt that I wasn't educated about something or I didn't know there's a way you go about it, you wouldn't talk to anybody, any of these white people like that, any of your white colleagues like that. Don't talk to the only black person like that. Don't talk down to me like I'm an idiot and don't talk at me. You can talk with me. We can have that discussion. Ask me, hey, do you need help? It's as simple as that. But assuming I'm a dumbass or assuming that I don't get something or assuming I'm just fucking up is not okay. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens, strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. Just fucking up is not okay. Yes. 
exactly. And also, there's some conversation that you can have with me, not in front of other motherfucking people. Exactly. <laughs> so, so okay. So let me talk about this because my research is on um, successful strategies for um, scaling organizational knowledge. So as I tell people all the time, we are no longer building widgets. This is not the industrial economy where you give somebody a manual, you put them on a similar line, and I have to make the exact same widget. A um, all day long because it, and it needs to match everybody else's because this one widget is a, is a piece that goes into a thousand different things. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that anymore. We're in an information economy, but information means nothing unless it's turned into knowledge. Because we, the internet is, 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 we're inundated with information, but it has no value unless I can use, I can do something with that information. Right. right. Um, and so um, in a, in a knowledge economy, well, in an in a, in a industrial economy, that manual they gave you was explicit knowledge. It was something that somebody could document, write down, and easily share. Hey, the manual's here. Go online and get the manual, right? Right. Tacit knowledge is the knowledge that I gain as mm-hmm. a person doing a job on how to do my job more effectively and efficiently. And I need to be able to scale for the organization to benefit from my knowledge Mm-hmm. I need to be able to communicate this with organizational leaders so they can come up with a strategy because this is the knowledge that helps us iterate, uh, innovate, differentiate, and differentiate and, and have a competitive advantage. Right. What they're missing, though, is while explicit knowledge in the binder is, uh, the word that's coming in my head is benign. Um, mm-hmm. it, is, is ben- it's, it's, it, it has no emotion. It's just a manual, right? Right. That could have some. It could. It, I'm gonna take that back. It could be written in ways that are very um, discriminatory, racist, or whatever. But it's a manual. It's I can read it on a piece of paper, right? Right. Explicit for you to get tacit knowledge. I need to fucking care. I need to feel safe, and I need to feel welcomed. That yes. what I share with you is a benefit, and you value it. This is where we're fucking up in 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 now in the knowledge economy because we're still acting as if someone get here follow this manual we don't do that and so for a company to 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 get my value i have to feel safe but what happens is and this is why black women are the highest uh, rates of business owners right now is the fact that we don't feel safe we get shit on we get abused and we go I'm going to tell you, there's many companies that's burning, that's about to burn the fuck up right now. And there's a black woman in the co- in the corner gathering all her documents, taking shit home. So she <laughs> um, right. a- a- ain't saying shit like, mm, I done told y'all ass, but fuck, you won't listen to me. Let the shit burn down. And she, exactly. she and so she insulating herself. She putting out, um, in, and she doing interviews when you all know about it. She's or she's uh, putting together her business plan. She's doing all kinds of shit because she does not have to deal with this bullshit. As if our parents, yeah. our parents had to, we yeah. don't. And see, this is the thing that going back to your mom, we have different choices than they did. They didn't have right. these choices. So for yeah. them, this is how they had to pay pay the bills, take care of family. We have choices. We have access to platforms, tools and shit that, that, that would be so cost prohibitive for us to do this. I mean, just how I'm doing this podcast right now, this podcast is being done with Zoom. I'm recording on Zoom. Um, there's somebody who uses his tools to, to produce it. I put it on WordPress and hook it into a, pl- a podcast plugin and I have a pl- podcast. 
this cost me monthly, just this part right here. I'm not even talking about hosting because um hosting the website. Yeah. This I mean, I'll even include hosting the website because because I get so many visitors now, my goddamn website fees are uh, are astronomical. But for me, they, to me, they are. But I'll, I spend maybe $200 a month to get this done. Ain't no way in hell. And the bulk of that is because my hosting on my, like I said, on my website is, is had to go up because of how many visitors I get. But $200 a month to do four podcasts a week. Oh, no, excuse me. It's many podcasts because once I get the stuff, it's just a matter of me. Ha- the only the only things that are, are harder to scale are actually the interviews uh-huh. and the production. But we got a cadence for that. My person has um, as much as this shit automated as possible. So right. I can scale this shit. Mm-hmm. Our people, the, the generation before us, didn't have this. They didn't couldn't create careers. And what... I mean, like we do. Um, like you said, you have created a whole thing during the pandemic. And I can tell you, I my business has taken off. And it wasn't, the pandemic was the first sign, but it was George Floyd that was when white folks woke up and all of a sudden, folks calling me out of the, out of the woodwork. People who talk shit about me. People who Companies want to be- who have disrespected me. Oh, yes. Yes. What, what can I do? How can I help? And here's one thing that I have I have to say. I have to get it off my chest. White people, stop asking black people what, what can you do? Stop asking us that. What I need you to do is simply put yourself in our shoes. Then figure out what you're gonna okay, do. Okay, so I'm gonna stop you, you there because I'm gonna stop you because I don't want them with the, that there's there's no way in fuck they can do that. So I'm gonna that's that they ain't gonna win and they're gonna fuck it up and harm us. This is what I need them to do. Oh, this is what well, the fuck Google is. search. Google search the information is okay, out. Oh yeah there. information is out there. That, that to me is the default. Fuck that. I, if you can't Google kiss my ass what <laughs> I need you to do I need you to open up your networks so that leverage your networks for me. I need open you to purse. pay and get the fuck out of my way. Open your purse and open your I networks. I need you to open your networks, shirt. pay me. So open your networks so I can amplify this because I need to scale my message. Mm-hmm. I need to get paid because, oh, wow, the IRS want their fucking money. Oh, wow. My car, no, my mortgage company wants their fucking money. Um, I don't know why folks think that money... Uh, um, Robin D'Angelo, who wrote that, who wrote uh, White Fragility, is making hands over fists over fucking experience she don't even fucking have. Her work is not anti-racist work. It is white studies. Right now, she is fucking cleaning the fuck up. But yet, you want to call me a grifter when I say, I, hey, don't come in my fucking DMs asking me for shit if you ain't talking about money. Oh, that, no, bitch. Don't come in my goddamn DMs asking me for shit if you ain't talking about no money. Everybody else can make money. Why can't black people? Why Why does everybody... Every, no, no, no. I'm going to clarify that. Why I'm going to clarify... No, no, no. I'm, no, no. I'm going to clarify that. Everybody else making money off the black experience. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, my God. Y'all literally. can make money. Y'all can make money off y'all white shit all day long. But the fact that you feel entitled and an ex- expert on the black experience, everything, if you ain't black, everything you've learned about Black Lives Matter came from black folks. Ain't none of this your goddamn experience. And the fact that you take money for this shit and then you have, you, you seen as an authority, 
I'm at this point right now, outside of um, um, I can't think of her name. Uh, the 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 older white woman. I can't think of her name right now. Elliot. Yes. Outside of her, don't know white folks need to be listening to nobody else. Um, Jane just, Elliot. Outside of because she has put in <laughs> the research. She has done the lived, the qualitative and the quantitative experience. Work. She has been this shit forever. She will, she will cuss y'all asses out. She will hold y'all fucking accountable. Everybody Jane else is kissing y'all asses. Everybody else trying to make this shit palatable for you. I don't want it to be palatable for you. I want you to be as uncomfortable and in pain as possible just by listening to this story, how this young woman is in pain and traumatized from fucking going to work. I need y'all asses fucking traumatized. And you're even, and you're privileged to even have to just listen. You don't understand experiencing it. So count yourself as blessed and lucky and privileged to the fact that you can you can turn this off. You can close this fucking laptop and be done with it and never visit it again. This is our fucking reality. This is our every fucking day. Oh, that's one of the reasons I say that uh, if black people ain't getting their money right now, I don't know what's the best time because very soon white folks gonna realize, do black lives really matter? Because uh, it really ain't impacting me right now. So I think I'm going to go watch this football game that just started coming on. Because now my distractions are coming back. You know, now the things I, that, that make my yeah. life comfortable and, and normal are, I, I'm, you know, our sports are coming back. Um, you know, um, mm-hmm. like Bold and the Beautiful just started with new episodes again. You know, so we get back to our life. This is where... And you, and you made that point. We don't get to walk away from... We don't get to... Um, um, check out. <laughs> we don't get to walk away from this. No, um, no. and I know some white folks think I'm exaggerating, but y'all know. I Maybe mean, I'm looking in my groups. There are very few people right now still talking about Black Lives Matter. You know, very few people on Twitter still talking about Black Lives Matter. So uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, very soon. It's going to be like, well, you know. We, something's going to happen. All they're looking for was one good win and something. And it's, oh, that problem's solved. Now we can go back to, but, um, but, I, but I'm going to warn you, people. The cycles are getting smaller, getting coming quicker. And, the, and, and if you walk away from Black Lives Matter now, come November 3rd, you're going to have a rude awakening because two options. Either he loses and he create, wreaks havoc from November to January. Or he wins, and he only wins because it's black or it's white folks' fault. In 2016, y'all were able to use that bullshit economic um, anxiety as well as let him prove himself. He's proven who he is. So if you, if he is elected again, I don't want to. Ar- I'm not arguing with people about the 53% white women or the 50, 70 something percent white men. It's this is on y'all. And as I say, white supremacy is the parasite that's now eating its host. And y'all, this shit is finally coming, coming, these chickens finally coming home to roost to y'all ass. Four more years, unfortunately, will be hell for marginalized mm-hmm. people. But I can tell you it's going to be hell for white folks, too. Exactly. Nothing but facts. You say the facts. That's not factual. It's going to be hell for y'all. Y'all think y'all got rights? Y'all got rights that white supremacy says y'all have rights, too. And y'all gonna start seeing what we've been talking about for so long. So you don't even see it now. That's that's like you said. That's why. And, so, and this is where I tell folks to kiss my ass when they're talking about, "Oh, slavery is over. Get over it." How the fuck 
do you get over generational trauma? And shit that's still, that's still happening. How do you get over that? Exactly. How? Yeah, exactly. Can we begin? I mean, this is in no way, shape, or form relatable, but get over 9-11. Since we mm-hmm. should just be getting over shit, get over 9-11. Shut the fuck up. It happened so many fucking years ago, you know? And it was probably planned anyways. Get over it. No. This is, again, this is in no way, shape, or form comparable to slavery whatsoever. But get over it, right? Mm-hmm. Get over it. I mean, you don't get over that. And you want to tell other people who, who, who have dealt with um, genocide and to get over it. But for us, exactly. you know, y'all niggas get over that. What y'all still talking about? It happened so long ago. You're living in the past. Well, bitch, you keep re- repeating the present. So, mm, what do you We're living expect? this every single day. We're living this every single day in our personal and professional lives. Every, every single, single day. day. It's a very, this is the very reason I am self-quarantined. It is less about COVID than it is about white folks and they, an inability to deal with anything that it has to do with um, with anxiety or, or, or the unknown. Uh, what y'all do is is create chaos and, and destruction. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be a a a a a victim of y'all bullshit. I'm gonna stay in my house. Exactly. And think about that as a black woman, a free quote black woman in the United free. States. In quotations. It is in my best interest to stay in the fucking house, not because of a pandemic, but because of how white people are are responding to a pandemic. And that's fucking sad. <sighs> All right, lady, what would you like to say in your closing statements? Closing statements. White people do better. Do better. Do fucking better. Do fucking better. If you're offended by anything that we've said in this podcast, you're the fucking problem. Take a look in the mirror. You're the fucking problem. You want to help? Open your networks and open your purse. Period. And that's it. And that goes with why we fail so often in, 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 in these industries, because we talk about diversity. Diversity is only recruitment. Inclusion is about retention. You may be able to get us in the door with your bullshit lies in the interviews because we don't see behind the veil until we get there. But our ability to stay and function and be happy, there's no guarantee to that. There is no guarantee that I can go into any company and be happy. And this is why I say kiss my ass when y'all talking about, oh, you need passion. Fuck, I'm putting my, why the fuck would I have passion for a place, for places that actively harm me? Where the fuck does that come from? That don't value me as a fucking human. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was great. I really, really appreciate you having me on. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCauseTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Cause the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.